If you have your Bibles, we'll go to Ephesians chapter 3. We're going to finish this tonight and see if we can get it to something else. Because I don't want to be tied down to anything. The Holy Spirit says to do something else. We're just going to do something else, bless God. Amen. But we want to see this tonight. Studying the prayers that Paul prayed. And it says in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14, For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, I'm getting on my knees to pray because of the revelation I've received. Of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that He would grant you according to the riches of His glory to be strengthened with might by His Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and the length and the depth and the height. Oh, bless God, that builds you up right there. And to know the love of Christ that passes knowledge that you might be filled with all the fullness of God now unto Him that is able to do. Exceedingly above all we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us Unto Him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. How you know there's a lot right there? How many of you know I put a prayer in the bulletin Sunday? If you didn't get the bulletin Sunday, we still have some out there. How many has been praying these prayers? How many is going to start praying them? Amen. You know, I said that we can comprehend with all the saints. And we ended there last Wednesday, I believe it was. And I just wanted to touch back right there where there's not one person that has a manifestation of all the love of God. Because when you talk about God is love, you're talking about the dimension of God. And for the love of God uh, to be known, it's going to take us all in unity, getting to know the depth and the width and breadth and length of, of God's love in each other's life. I gave the example of asking a leper, what was it like to be a leper? Uh, and now what's it like to be saved? And if you, we go around the church tonight and we say, what was it like living in the condition you were living in 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 30 years ago? What, what, do you remember what it was like when you, when you were lost and had no hope? Do you remember what it was like when you were just going from one fix to another, one, one uh, party to another, just trying to fill the voids in your life, going from one relationship to another, but now that you have come to know Christ Jesus, what's the difference? And you know, it's not only take all of us getting to know love through one another, but it's going to take the whole body to even start to manifest all that the love of God is to the world. They're just not going to know it through one church, one denomination, one organization. It's going to take the entire body coming together and we still won't be able to manifest all the power of the dimension of the love of God. I mean, if you look at the dimension of the love of God, God so loved the world that He gave His Son. But if you take it to what Paul is saying, God gave His Son so that more could come into the kingdom so that more sons could be given. More sons could be given to live a life of love. Now, how many of you know that when we come to that area of a new dimension of love, that means sacrifice? I want you to look at a few scriptures with me in John chapter 15. John chapter 15. Because, you know, many times when we study on love, oh, I'll, Lord, just, I just want to know your love. I just want to know you love me. 
And God is saying, you want to know I love you? Then go love on somebody that nobody else wants to love on. And then I'll show you how much I love you. You just want me to pamper you. But I want to love through you. And when I get to love through you, you get to experience my love. And you know, some people, oh, I want the butterflies. I just want to know that you love me. Then, then go to the hospital. Go to the funeral home. Go, go, go to the grave site where someone's crying because they lost a loved one and hold them and love them. And you say, but I can't do that. But you go love on them and let me love on you. Demonstrate my love. And I want you to see this in John chapter 15, verse 13. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. That's the dimension of the love of God. No greater love than this. I love you. Somebody may tell you, but I hate you. I despise you. But I love you. I want to see you die. I want to see you live. I want to see those people destroyed. I want to see them saved. To deny self, to be able to love in the dimension of God. Greater love hath no man than this. And God demonstrated His love through Jesus Christ. Now look at Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5. You know, when the Bible talks about turning the other cheek, how many know that's not always because somebody's slapping you? How many know words can slap you? Right upside your head. And when someone slanders and just attacks you, that's all right. I know my Father loves me. You know what? I love you. And that's what's able to help you to stand. Because if we can't love back when we're being attacked, they'll pull us down. And so I want you to see here in Romans 5, verse 8. This is the Amplified Bible. But God shows and clearly proves His own love for us by the fact that we were still sinners. Christ the Messiah, the Anointed One, died for us. Therefore, since we are now justified, made righteous, acquitted, and brought into right relationship with God by Christ's blood, by Christ's blood, how much more certain is that we shall be saved uh, by Him from the indignation and wrath of God. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of His Son, it is much more certain now that we are reconciled, that we shall be saved, daily delivered from sin's dominion through His resurrection life. Somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Saved by His resurrection life. While we were yet sinners, in God's heart we were already reconciled to Him. I want to show you my love. Even when nobody else wanted you, I wanted you. Even when nobody thought there was any hope for you, I knew you were going to come through and you were going to make it. Now look at 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4. The love of God. 1 John 4 verse 
And we know, understand, recognize in our conscience, by observation and by experience, and believe and have faith in the love of God cherishes for us. God is love, and he who dwells and continues in love, listen to this now, God is love. Say that with me. God is love. It goes on to say, and he who dwells and continues in love dwells and continues in God. Paul was praying that we may dwell in Christ Jesus. But to dwell in Christ Jesus, it says here, we've got to continue and dwell in love, and God dwells and continues in Him. In this union and communion with Him, that's God, love is brought to completion and attains perfection with us that we may have confidence in the day of judgment with assurance and boldness to face Him because as He is, even so are we in this world. There is no fear in love. It says dread does not exist. But full-grown love turns fear out of the doors and expels every trace of terror. For fears bring with it thought of punishment. And so he who is afraid has not reached a full maturity of love, is not yet grown into love's complete perfection. How many times when you're a fresh new believer, the fear of, I'm not sure if I'm saved. What if I lose my salvation? What if I've messed up so much? What if I'm really not saved? What if I really didn't believe in my heart? What if I was just moved in emotions and it really wasn't true? How many remember when you first saved, going through those times, am I really saved in the times of doubting? That means you haven't grown to a full perfection that you're not saved by what you do. You're saved pure, totally by on the price that Christ paid with by His blood. He says in verse 19, we love Him because He first loved us. If anyone says, I love God and hates to test his brother in Christ, he is a liar. For he does not love his brother whom he has seen, cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this command we have from him, that he who loves God shall love his brother. Amen. So I think it's important what Paul was talking here about the dimensions of God. And I just wrote down that God's love is boundless. Its directions never meet. God's love is endless. God's love never gets exhausted. It's measureless. It reaches to us in the depth even of sin. It reaches all the way to the height of divinity. It passes all knowledge and wisdom uh, that would cause one to stray. And that's the thing about growing in the love of Christ. And I've been saved since 1969, 36, 37, 38 years. And I've seen a lot of people, a lot of friends, backslide and go back into the world. I've seen a lot of people fall away and go back into the world. And it's people who never came to know the love of God. Because if you can fall in love with God, how can can you fall out of love with the love that has no end? No measures. I wasn't treated right. You saw them Christians fight? I I didn't get my prayers answered. Maybe these things have happened to different ones, but I still say, I'm so in love with God and I know God in such a way, if He didn't answer my prayers, even if He kills me, I still love Him. I still serve Him. To be in love with the Father, I don't ever want... Nobody can do anything to hinder my love walk with God. 
When you come to know the love of the Father, there's nothing going to push me away. Nothing going to push me out. Nothing's going to make me stray. To come to know the love of the Father in that way. And Paul said in Ephesians 3, verse 18, he uses the word able there. Ephesians 3, verse 18. May be able to comprehend. That word able means to have to, to be able to intimately be able to know and to have full strength. And the word comprehend is used 40 times by the Apostle Paul alone. And it means to understand and to lay hold of as one's own. And Paul's praying for the church here. And the church went through persecution and was going through persecution. And Paul was saying, the, the key to your survival is to have a personal comprehension of the love of God. That you have such a, you have personally seized hold of the, the love of God. That no matter what happens to me, Paul, or anybody else, no matter what happens to anyone else, when you personally have a hold on the love of God, nothing can shake you from that. Nothing can shake you from that. And that's what Paul is praying that the church matures in that area. Now that word comprehend means to seize and to take as one's own possession. And it means to comprehend with all the saints. That I seize it, you seize it, we all seize it. And together we're forming a huge manifestation of the love of God to this world. But it also talks about uh, to apprehend to seize the breath. The breath there, you take for example, uh, it's, it uses, it's the word for like a place, to, a coliseum to store things that are not being used. A huge big empty room. Can you imagine if you'd come in here by yourself and the lights are off and you come in here and you're standing here by yourself and there's over 400 chairs out and you're standing here and there's room for 400 people but you're the only one in here. You're standing here thinking, you know, I'm the only one here but boy, there's sure a lot of room for a lot more. That's how the love of God is. That You could never get to the endless uh, breath of it. But also the length. The, the word length has to, write this down, the word length has to do with time. To know the length or to know the time limit. Or in other words, there is no time limit on God's love for you. Well, you know, I, I, I think my time's ran out. God says, guess what? Paul prayed in Ephesians 3.19 that you would be able to seize for yourself there is no time limit to my love. Oh, come on, church. There is no time limit on my love. But God, I keep failing. I keep falling. I keep messing up. I told you last year that I wasn't going to do that anymore. I told you the year before last. I know I don't have another year, God says. Go read Ephesians 3. And when you get to the word about comprehending with all the saints about the length, that means there's no time limit. You didn't make it next year? Go make it this year. No matter how long I've got to wait for you and look for you, even if you're a prodigal, I'll, I'll keep looking day and night until I see you running back to me. That's the word length. Now, the word height means it reaches to God. You just listen to NASA to find out how long it takes to get to Mars, how long it would take to get to Jupiter, how long it would take to get to Pluto. It takes years and years and years in those fast rockets, and it takes years to get to it. Can you imagine ever getting to where God is? That's the height of His love. And the word death there speaks about the love that reaches 
out to man. Luke chapter 10 verse 27 says, You must love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your strength and with all of your mind. And we all know that, but he goes on to say, And love your neighbor as yourself. And so we've been reading about the love of God. And and, uh, I, I want you to know that if I'm supposed to love the Lord God with all of my heart, with all of my soul, with all of my strength, with all of my mind, well, I'm supposed to love myself. Because God loves me with all of my heart, with all of my soul, with all of my strength, and with all of my mind. And if I can learn to love me with all of my heart, my soul, my mind that tries telling me not to love me, but I can beat that with the Word of God that I can learn to love everyone else with all of my heart, with all of my soul, with all of my strength, and with all of my mind. And when I can love everybody with all of my mind, that leaves no place for me to think anything downgrading, belittling, or upsetting because you're made in the image of God. When I can love, God says, when you can love your neighbor with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your strength, with all of your mind, then you can tell me that you love me with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your strength, and with all of your mind. Because if you say you love me and you hate your neighbor, you don't love me. That's powerful, huh? That's the investment that Christ made for us. The word no means to surpass man's knowledge. Anything man ever knows, whatever they would argue about, God says, I don't argue. My word is my word and love is the key and love is the law. Let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 13. 2 Corinthians chapter 13. But how can you love other people? You don't learn to love yourself. So many people just so beaten down, just angry at themselves, hurt at themselves, beating themselves up. And the Lord says, you've got to love your neighbor as you love yourself. And you've got to love yourself as I love you. You've got to see yourself as I see you. Second Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11 This is the New American Standard. Finally, brethren, rejoice, be made complete, be comforted, be like-minded, live in peace, and the God of love and peace will be with you. Then he goes on to say, greet each other with a holy kiss. So look at your neighbor. Shake his hand. All the saints greet you. But look at verse 14. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God. Say that with me. And the love of God and the fellowship of the Spirit be with you all. The love of God. Not just the love of God towards me, but the love of God in me towards others. Amen? Listen, if God dreamed about having a church of love, and if God demonstrated it through His Son, Jesus Christ, I believe that the God who dreamed it, the God who demonstrated it, also has made us a way through the grace of Jesus Christ to achieve it. And I think in this world, in everything that's going on, it needs to see a church of the redeemed full of love. Amen. Then verse 21 there says that He will be glorified through us. The kingdom of God will be manifested in our lives and the lives of those around us. And listen, you want to know, listen, 
I, I, I want to tell you something right now. You want to see the real miracles? You want to see the, the real cancers healed and blinded eyes see and deaf people hear? You want to see the healing lines and you want to see where there's not one sick or feeble among us? It's all in Ephesians chapter 3 about the love of God in its width, its depth, its length, its height, and its breadth. You know why? You're prosper and you're in health as your soul prospers. Church, thank God for the gifts of healings. Thank God for casting out devils. Thank God for the authority of the name of Jesus. But you want to know why there's not more healings and more miracles? It's because if it wasn't, if we're not in the perfect, mature love of God, then there's not the inner healings like they need to be. There's not the deliverances like they used like they need to be. Because you know what? Without the perfect love manifested and completing us in our hearts and minds, I can cast seven devils out of you, but they'll be back in two weeks with seven worse. Because if you can't get delivered in your own heart, then just casting the devil out of your body won't bring deliverance. Love delivers and sets free. You want, you want to fix all the counseling sessions? Get a manifestation that God loves me and I love everybody. Get a manifestation of the love of God and the miracles will abound because there's no way that we can seize personally a manifestation of the love of God and continue to be bound in conflict. There's no way I will continue wrestling on the inside with who I am and what God has called me to be unless I have a comprehension of all that the love of God is for me. You see that, church? Depression, weaknesses, all these things have to go. And you know what else? Families would be solid. Families would be solid. Amen. So in your uh, bulletin, you got the prayer to Ephesians. I want to quickly go to Philippians, and I want to see if I can. It goes so well with this study. I want to see if I can just do some of this real quickly, if I can, because something supernatural happened yesterday. I was writing this message with Philippians chapter 1. You can write this down. Philippians chapter 1. This is another prayer of Paul. Philippians chapter 1, verses 9 through 11. And you can write one of the main themes is discernment. Write that down, discernment. And I'm not kidding you. Yesterday morning, I am working on this message. And I just finished writing the word discernment. And a real close friend of mine called me from Texas and said, Brother Russell, the Lord just put on my heart to tell you that God wants your church walking in stronger discernment. And I had just got through writing it on this paper. So how many know God knows, God knows when to have somebody call you? And confirm it. Amen. I pay attention to those type of things. Amen. So I want you to see Philippians chapter 1 verse 9. And this I pray. Here he is praying. This I pray, Paul, that your love may abound yet. Here he goes, continues. What does he pray about again? The answer to everything. I pray that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgment, that you may approve things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and without offense to the day of Jesus Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ, unto the glory and the praise of God the Father. Amen. What I want to share with you about discernment is in this body tonight, 
There are some people here that are just some of the most giving, loving people you'd ever meet. Just love and love and love. But the area of knowledge on when love needs to change into discipline, some may not have. And then there are those who are full of knowledge, but don't want to mess with the love. No love or compassion. And a lot of times you find a church with, you got a lot of people just, it's all love, but not knowledge. When to speak up and say, now sis, you're manipulating me. And that's a sin. You're not loving me. You're using me. And I love you, but I love you enough to tell you, you will not manipulate me or anyone else. But you see, a lot of times, Paul is saying, I want you to love more and more, but I want you to know how to have knowledge and wisdom and discernment when you've got to speak something lovingly into that person's life for their own good. And there are other people who can get up and, and teach and preach and just sound like years and years of wisdom. But when it comes to love and compassion, well, that's their problem. There's no love and compassion. It's all knowledge. And Paul is saying, that's not going to make it. You've got to have the knowledge, but you've got to have the love. So how many know we need discernment? Amen? How to complete, how to feel complete and go by the leadings. Not to go by the emotions or the evidence that I believe, but by the discernment of the Holy Spirit. I don't want to, I want to walk in love. I don't, I, I, I want to walk in love. But the other thing about knowledge is it's easy to become legalistic. It's easy to become religious. Well, this is how it is and this is how it has to be. And so knowledge will cause you to say, well, these are the laws and we won't break them. Or maybe the Spirit of God would say, J -j just change for this one. Just be more merciful for this one. How I many you know we need God's point of view? Amen. We do not need to be walking deceived or, or slip into a relationship with others that we shouldn't. Also, we don't need to be losing our first love and wonder from the truth. Let me give you these points here. This is what Paul is praying here in Philippians 1, 9 through 11. He's praying, first of all, that your love may abound more and more. May your love abound more and more. But he doesn't stop there. In knowledge. In knowledge. That word knowledge means... In depth and insight. In depth and insight. And he goes on to pray. And may you be able to discern what is the best. Write that down. May you be able to discern what is the best. May you be able to discern what is the best. Oh, but I love that fellow. I, Brother Russell, I just want to help him so much. I just want to give to him. But I give to him and then I have to... He, he keeps messing up and I give to him and he keeps messing up. I give to him. I go get him. I bring him to church. But then he finds a ride. He, he, he can find a ride to the beer joint, but I, he can't find a ride to church. So I've always got to go get him. To love knowing what is the best. When to say, hey, love doesn't mean I'm weak and I'm open to be taken advantage of. I love you and I will sacrifice for you and I will do anything I can. But I am not going to let you abuse. 
I love you, but I expect you to love me. I respect you, but I expect you to respect me. I don't mind coming and get you. But if you can find a ride to the beer joint, I think you can find a ride to church. How bad do you want to go? Oh, well, that don't sound like the love of Christ to me. Oh, I love you. But I'm just saying, I love you, but I'm loving you to, with knowledge. Amen. I know many of you, you've probably been in these circumstances. Well, you know, I'm, I'm going to walk the second mile. Yeah, we'll walk the second mile, and Jesus taught us to do that. But also, Paul is saying here, love more and more, but be careful that they're not taking advantage of you. They've got to learn. And if you love them, you'll be willing to share that with them and teach them. Then he goes on to say that we may be pure and blameless until the day of Christ. That we may be pure and blameless until the day of Christ. And that our conducts and lifestyles and accomplishments can be for the constant praise and glory of Jesus Christ. Amen? To abound more and more. The word abound means to to exceed the fixed measure in love. To be moved by love and compassion. To want to help people, but with the right motivation and the right heart. With the right motivation and the right heart. And how to help them. Write this down. Love is helping people the best way. The best way. What is best for you? I love you and I help you with anything, but what would be the best way to help you? Word says, and you can look up in Matthew 14, 14. There's a number of scriptures. Jesus was constantly moved. Listen to this now. Jesus was constantly moved with compassion. But in every instance of compassion, he always had insight connected to the compassion. Oh, yeah, come on. Every time he went to heal somebody, he healed them all differently. He wasn't just moved in compassion. When he moved in compassion, he had insight into that specific person for that specific need. That's love with knowledge. This is good stuff. It'll keep you from dying young. It'll keep you and somebody else from making mistakes and getting bitter and hard. You ever heard church people talk about how bitter and how hard they are because so many people took advantage of them? Well, why did you let them? Come on, I'm a PK. I'm a preacher's kid. I'm a believer. I'm a minister since 82, 1981. So let me tell you something. If you are angry because church people take advantage of you, then my question is, why did you let them love with knowledge? Getting a few more amens there. Well, they just took so much advantage of me. Well, why didn't you just go up and say, hey, listen, I love you. But this is really putting a strain on my marriage. This is putting a strain on my finances. This is putting a strain on my family. This is a putting strain on the things that I have. Because we found out Brother Ray and Sister Eunice has a nice business. And so we're going to see if we can go and get all the free stuff we can. Because if they love me, 
they'll give me it free or a good discount. And I heard that my Linda, sister Linda, is a wonderful Christian counselor, psychiatrist, and everything else. And if she loves me, she'll do it for free. And she'll say, here's my car note. I love you, but my love for you won't pay my car note. You got money to go shopping, but, but, but you, don't have, you don't have money for counseling because counseling's not as important as shopping. And a pocham ain't as important as other things. So you ought to just give it to me. Are you getting what I'm saying? This is a different type of message. But it's time for us to stop being angry at people. Start loving people. And say, Lord, I see you there. I'm supposed to love more and more, but with discernment. According to knowledge. Amen? If it hadn't been for the love of God, we wouldn't exist and we'd have been left here alone. But thank God. But often love without knowledge and discernment can often be ill spent. Amen? I'll give you another example. Just because something sounds like it's just so, you know, something. Oh, we just want to love people like Jerry Lee. Not Jerry Lee Lewis. Jerry Lewis for years. Stay awake all them hours. Help my kids. Help my kids. Help my kids. Help my kids. And when I was a little boy, I'd go around with a bucket and I picked up money for Jerry Lewis and I brought money to Jennings and made sure that Jerry Lewis got his money and we want to help those kids and we want to help those kids. But the man is talking about helping these kids, but almost half the money goes to him because he gets a huge check. He ain't doing that for free. So we got to see that a lot of times when organizations are saying they show all these kids on TV, how many of them are really giving all that money to feed those children? Hmm? I mean, you know, we love our kids, but we know, must need to know how to re- properly respond to them. We correct with love, but also listen to this. Oh, but we got to, you know, but that don't sound like love with me. Relationship has rules. Relationship. I had a talk with a young man just here lately. He thought, you know, he, he treated his girlfriend like a buddy. Just beat on her. I said, I'll tell you what. The first guy who comes to her and starts speaking real kindly to her, she's going to leave you, buddy. I don't care if you are more good looking. If he gives her what you're not giving her, she's going to think, you know, I think he's cute, but he hits me. I want somebody to speak nice to me. Rules of relationship. Love with discernment. Love with knowledge. And that's how we got to be with our kids. And that's how we have to be with one another. I love you. I help you. But you, you must respect me. Amen? Don't be calling me at 2 or 3 in the morning. I'm sleeping like God created me to sleep. Amen? So there's rules of relationship. So don't feel guilty when you have to say no. Okay, church? If you don't have it, you don't have it. If you can't, you can't. If it's hurting your marriage, then, then, then stop it. Whatever it may be, I can't. 
more and more in love, but with discernment. Amen. I don't only want to bless, listen to this, I don't only want to bless somebody, but I want to bless them the, mo- the best possible way. Oh, I want to bless you, but I want to bless you the best possible way. So instead of giving you money to go buy your groceries, I'm going to have you rake the yard. And I'll give you the $20 for raking the yard. Oh, no, 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 no. Uh, Well, maybe I'll come back tomorrow. (laughs) You see, I want to bless you, but I want to bless you the best possible way. Well, this is good. This is a rubber meeting the road. I want, come get me for church. Oh, I'll come get you for church uh, because we live next to each other. I don't mind bringing you to church, but, uh, you know, little teenage, teenager, I don't mind bringing you to church, but uh, I'm up in age and my body's hurting me and my vehicle needs washing and and, and I don't mind bringing you. Would, Would you mind coming wash my vehicle? Oh, I'll see if somebody else could come get me. Love with relationship with rules. Amen. Love in my heart, knowledge with my mind, discernment in my spirit, all working together. So the world looks at us and is attracted. Why? Paul prayed it. That the spirit of excellence be shown and seen in the church. That we're not a bunch of looney tunes. We're not just... You know, did you hear that church? that they, they bankrupt. Did you hear that church did this? That they went through all this? No. Loving but with rules. Jezebel comes up. If you love me, you let me preach. Well, sis, Spirit of God didn't tell me to let you preach. Well, then I'm leaving this church because there's no love in this church. Oh, there's love. But there's rules. There's discernment. Amen? Amen. E. Because God wants the ministry to be blessed. Now, why am I preaching all this? Why is Paul praying all this? Let me give you a good example. And I know I've got to end. I'm going over time, but I'm doing two books at one night. And I'll go ahead, I'll go ahead and quit because I know it's getting late. But let me, let me just bring it all down to this. People pass by, and I'm so faithful every day. I mean, we've got a beautiful, we got building, beautiful facilities. You pass in front of this church and you see the fountain and you see the flags and you see the building and the palm trees. Everybody says, what is that place? Beautiful. We've got a beautiful sign. The place is so beautiful. But, and, and you know, you go to other churches, they've got stained glass windows. You can see some of those beautiful churches. But they're only beautiful on the outside and they're not beautiful on the inside. The Word says they're full of dead men's bones. And you know how we want to be we, the, we, we, we studied in Ephesians that we're supposed to be uh, beautiful from the inward man outward. That the eyes of the candle of the Spirit were supposed to be uh, beautiful or glorious from the inside out. Well, what if the church, where they say, look how beautiful that building is, and they go, oh, that's nothing. You ought to see what's in it. Oh, what's in it? Do they have a wonderful choir? What do the choir robes look like? What's in it? What does the platform look like? What type of chairs do they have? Oh, you've got to see what's in it. What? Well, what's in it? You ought to see the people in that church. Oh, wow. Do they dress like this? Do they look like this? No. You ought to see the smiles on their face. 
You ought to see the husbands, instead of walking 20 feet in front of their wife, you ought to see the husbands walking with their wives. You ought to see the husband opening the door for the wife instead of the wife opening the door for the husband. You ought, to, you, ought, you ought to see how the husbands and wives sit together and how they act. You ought to see how the children act with the parents. You ought to see how the people treat you when they don't even know you. The out, beauty of the outside is nothing compared to the inside. And that's what Jesus taught. And if we could be, if we could get the reputation of being more beautiful on the inside because of who we are instead of the outside... We'd attract the world. Because everything that the world is seeing is empty. That young man, that young actor, 28 years old, committed suicide. Brittany lost her kids again. When you listen to the news, everything is empty, frail, and void. But they're all beautiful on the outside. They're all beautiful on the outside. They got the perfect makeup. J-Lo's got the perfect cream. Everybody's got the perfect this and everybody's got the perfect that. And, and, and George Clooney, you know, is voting for Obama, Muhammad. And, uh, and, and everybody, everybody wants to look at all these people and follow them and listen to their advice advice because they're all beautiful on the outside. And such actors and such singers, everything looks so good from the outside. But on the inside, they're killing themselves with a roundup $20 bill and dying, leaving their child an orphan. So the beauty on the outside is vain. And all we can accumulate and build and do is all vain if we don't mature and grow complete in Christ Jesus, us on the inside. We can preach about the heathen, but how about the saints? That you are the calling card for the lost. The love they see in you is the love of God. And it's not the name of a church, the name of a preacher, or how good the choir sings. When they see the love of God in God's people, they go, I want to go where they go. I want to be around those type of people. My son works at a restaurant, at a coffee shop. And the, I won't name the denomination, but they are the meanest people. And they are mean to my son and the people who work in there. They get mad and mean for anything and everything. It's a shame what my son has to see and hear just to serve somebody their coffee. And you know what? I don't ever worry about my son going to that certain denomination. <laughs> Because it doesn't matter how big it is. It doesn't matter how good they sing. It doesn't matter who their preachers are. It doesn't matter what type of cars they drive. It doesn't matter how big their youth group is. My son is not interested in none of that stuff. What he sees is I'll never go to that church. Because I've seen those people. Well, I want Pineville and Alexandria and the surrounding areas. I'm sorry I'm keeping you long, but I'm preaching. Because I want the people around here to say... I'm not going to Word of Grace because of the preacher or the singing or because of the type of pews they have or his non-denomination or the guests they have. I'm going to Word of Grace because they got some of the most loving, caringest people. And when I go in there, I, I feel welcomed and I feel that I can be myself and I feel like somebody's going to reach out and touch me. If we could get that, there'll be no room in here. 
because you'll be the calling card. Amen. You'll be the trash. Yeah. And it's here. And they have it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you had a backache because you hugged so much. Uh. <laughs> I know. And I hear that so much. But I go back to the Scripture and I pray that you love me abound more and more. I mean, it's good. It's great. But it can be greater. Love with discernment.